Greetings in the name of the Lord Jesus to each one. Um, I'm glad to be home again and uh, back here with you. Uh, I feel just a little bit uh, um, like we're shifting gears after our Sunday school lesson and uh, working on a different subject. Um, I hope it doesn't... uh, too much uh, grinding of gears when we shift. <laughs> um, <coughs> the difference between uh, my pickup, which is a 98, and my truck, which is a 47. When you shift to 47, uh, you're apt to grind the gears. It's not synchronized. Uh, well, I hope that uh, in shifting gears here, uh, in subjects, that uh, it isn't too much of a grind. <coughs> I'm continuing with the uh, messages on uh, inspiration and formation of the scriptures this morning, talking especially about uh, the word inspiration and what it means. The, um, there's a, a broad sense of the word inspiration where... Uh, we can use it like we, uh, perhaps we uh, received some inspiration this morning from the Sunday school lesson. Uh, Sometimes we say a message inspires us, or we're inspired by a song, or a conversation with another brother or sister, and uh, we are inspired. And that's one sense of the word, a broad sense of the word. But what we're talking about this morning, the word inspired, is a narrower and deeper sense of the word uh, which has the uh, 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 explains how that uh, is it's a word u- uh, used that explains how God um, brought to the writers of Scripture what to say. Uh, it says the Bible says that He inspired them, and we'll read some of those verses perhaps just a little later. Um, the, the word inspired, when, we talk, when talking about that, is, uh, is a word that has the idea of, of God's breath, God breathing. Um, we find it in, uh, in the first parts of Genesis where it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. This breathing is, uh, is a, like... The word inspired. Uh, Job 32.8 says, There is a spirit in man, and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. Uh, the, uh, the opposite of uh, inspiration is expiration. And uh, when I was working in the hospital, and that's been 50 years ago, they, uh, it was a medical term used for death. They say when a person expired. Uh, Maybe they still use that term. Expiration means the breath is gone. They don't breathe anymore. They're dead. uh, But inspiration, in in the sense that we're using it this morning, is the idea that God breathed into the writers of Scripture uh, that 
which he uh, expected or wanted them to say. Uh, J.B. Smith uh, in, uh, defines it this way. The word inspiration is defined. The operation of the Holy Spirit upon the writers of Scripture by virtue of which they were enabled to communicate and record divine truth without a mixture of error. Now that's kind of a mouthful. Maybe I should repeat it again. And it's probably one that you've, you've heard before. In fact, is I think a few Sundays ago I did read this. The operation of the Holy Spirit upon the writers of Scripture by virtue of which they were enabled to communicate and record divine truth without a mixture of error. And so when, when they, uh, as one writer said uh, in a book that I'm reading on uh, 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 versions, uh, it's just a new book, and I'll introduce that a little later probably, but uh, uh, he said that, uh, made this statement, when, uh, when John finished writing his, the gospel, and he laid down his pen, that, uh, that copy was perfect. That was exactly what God had. Uh, the book of John at that point was, was, the, was the word of God in perfection. Now, we need to realize that over the years, see, that, that book is no longer, that one that John wrote is no longer in existence. All of, we have copies. And uh, there's copy, copyist errors, there's uh, translation uh, problems, and uh, to get it into English and so on. And so it's no longer uh, as it was when John wrote it. And yet, uh, in reading of uh, different variant writings of Scripture, we, we realize, and, and uh, it's ad admitted by scholars, that there's no... Uh, doctrinal, um, there's no nothing that affects doctrine. It's all the variants are the are the things that uh, would affect uh, language and differences in words and so on, but nothing that affects doctrine. And that's important that we have a uh, um, copies in our language that are as pure as as possible. <clears throat> And uh, all of this will be discussed perhaps a little later, too. I'd like to have us turn now to Second uh, Timothy. And this is uh, what I want to look at uh, for a verse this morning. Second Timothy, uh, starting at verse 15, very familiar verse. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. This is Paul writing to the young minister, Timothy. And then he says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And I'd like to look especially at this 16th verse uh, as we go through this message this morning. And uh, a few of the words, the important words in this verse. Uh, you notice that the very first one is all. And uh, that's uh, my first point. 
all scripture, all, the whole Bible, everything that we read in our Bible is inspired of God. It's, um, it's the, uh, <clears throat> you see, uh, liberal theology, maybe I could say it this way, there's, uh, um, there's two, uh, Two things where the that the Bible is um, as we have it today and as we as it is uh, presented to us in its current form. There's two uh, types of critics. There's uh, textual critics, and there's um, there's higher critics. The higher critics are the ones that have uh, said that um, the Bible only contains the Word of God. That there's those who uh, those who would say that some of the writings are just stories, some of them are just myths, uh, like, uh, and they'll say that uh, Isaiah really wasn't written altogether by Isaiah, and uh, Daniel has some things that aren't uh, actually the word of God. Uh, some of the writings of Moses, they say, are just uh, stories, and uh, they're good stories, but uh, they are not the word of God. This is higher criticism. Uh, lower criticism has to, to do more with uh, the text. And uh, lower criticism has done a, um, us a favor in preserving through the uh, ages of time up to this point. They have, they have uh, preserved those uh, original words to the point where we can be pretty sure that in a, in, a, um, in a good translation, these words are, are very close to what the original is. And um, as we go through this, and um, by the way, I was supposed to get, uh, I'll tell you this right away, I was supposed to get someone to preach next Sunday and I wasn't able to do that, so uh, I'm going to uh, finish, or uh, not finish, but I'll... <coughs> You'll hear this next Sunday, too. <clears throat> the whole Bible is equally inspired. Uh, we have evidence of this in uh, the words of Christ. Uh, uh, Jesus, um, uh, of course, when he talked about the scripture, he was talking about the Old Testament scriptures. And... Um, uh, to argue that uh, the Old Testament is partly myth and partly uh, stories and really not true is to really to argue against Christ because this is what he says about uh, some of these same things that uh, the higher critics would say are, are just stories. Here's what Jesus says. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and, and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. This is Jesus talking. And he's saying that Old Testament is actual, actually what it says. When Jesus was, uh, after he rose from the dead, he was walking with these two disciples on the road to Emmaus. 
And they, they questioned why, why Jesus died. They were, they were really discouraged about it. Of course, they didn't know that this man who walked with him was, was Jesus himself. But it says in verse 27 there of Luke 24, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them all the scriptures, in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Again, they use that word all, in all the scriptures. And so he explained to them through, uh, through the scriptures that they were, that's the Old Testament, they were talking about him. And then after, after they um, realized that this was Jesus and he had disappeared uh, in their, from their midst, and they went right back to Jerusalem to the, the other disciples. And while he was there, while they were there talking to them, then Jesus appeared to them. And then also he told them, and he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which was written in the law of Moses, in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. So there in one, in one statement, Jesus um, recognized all of the Old Testament, Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms. This was, uh, uh, I need to say something along the line here about the, um, the canon of the scriptures, and perhaps this would be the place to do it. I'm going to write this word. Can everyone see that? No, this is not a, a gun with a big barrel and uh, wheels on it. Uh, this word is actually a Greek word. I think it's Greek or Latin, I'm not sure which, that has the idea of, uh, it means the same thing as uh, we would say about a yardstick. It's a measure. It's something to measure with. And so there was, uh, there was some way that they needed to uh, measure what writings, because there were many writings. Uh, the, the Bible was not the only writings of its time. There were other writings too. And uh, so they had to measure, have some kind of a, a way of, of saying, what's the Word of God? What is the Bible and what isn't? Um, just had a few things written down here. Um, the books that... Uh, the books that are in the Bible, and by the way, the, the Old Testament that we read is exactly the very same that Jesus had when he, when he was here. It's, it's the very same verses, the ver uh, although they probably didn't have verse, verse uh, 1, 2, 3, and 4, and so on, but it's the very same words as what we have. I'll read a little bit about uh, that uh, just a little later. Uh, the books that are in our Bible, um, they decided uh, they must be edited by a prophet. Um, they, uh, I think all of them, perhaps except uh, the book of Esther, have the word, have the name of God in them. Um, each, uh, each of these books um, were 
uh, endorsed by uh, the, the, a prophet. And uh, the canon or the measuring stick of the Old Testament closed uh, even before Christ, actually about the time of Ezra. Uh, and uh, tradition has it that Ezra is the one who was, uh, the Bible says Ezra was a faithful scribe. And uh, tradition has it that Ezra is the one that, that um, got all of the books together in uh, the, uh, the Old Testament that we have, that we, we have now. Uh, and it was uh, about that time that, that, that the uh, measuring stick was closed. It was, uh, they thought that was, that was all of their, that was the Jewish Bible, that was the Old Testament, that's a scripture, that's what, what Jesus called the scripture, that's what the, the, uh, uh, the apostles, when they wrote about the scripture, that's what they were talking about, that Old Testament. And, uh, and for the New Testament then, uh, each book must be written or endorsed by an apostle or received in the apostolic age. Uh, the letters were to be read to the New Testament churches. It tells us this in, in some of the letters. Paul said, um, circulate this, this letter. Circulate these things. Uh, they should be told, or they should be read in the other churches. Um, they were to be circulated among the churches. And the churches uh, were warned against forgery. Paul, in some of his letters, warned against those who wrote things that really weren't uh, God's word. Uh, they were warned about uh, tampering with the scriptures. And this, um, actually, you know, that's uh, an important thing that I want to uh, have us look at. Uh, De Deuteronomy 12:32. What things soever I command you observe to do, thou shalt not add thereto, nor diminish from it. The, the warning there that they were not to, to tamper with those things that uh, um, Moses was teaching them. In these writings, the, the words of the law. Uh, Proverbs, and that's, that's it, uh, uh, those first books. We also have this warning um, repeated, uh, Proverbs 30, and that verse is, um, 5 and 6, I believe, every word of God is pure, he is a shield unto them that put their trust in him, add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee. And now we found a liar. And so they were not to be tampered with. They were not to be added to. At the, at the close of uh, the New Testament, Malachi 4, verse 4 says, Remember ye the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb, for all Israel was statutes and judgments. They were to, to remember them. They were to keep them. And, of course, then we have the... Um, have the familiar ones in, in Revelation. I'm going to read those too. 
Revelation 22, 18 and 19. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. If any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. And so throughout the Bible there was this warning. They were not to uh, tamper with it. They were not to add to it or take away. The, uh, the the canon of uh, of the New Testament then uh, was closed about 200 A.D. and so the um, uh, from the time of uh, from that time uh, it's recognized throughout Christendom that the the Bible that we have is is the Word of God it's uh, complete Paul talks about uh, his, um, what word does he use? He says that uh, well, it was his, his duty to fulfill the word of God. The idea there was to com complete it. And so some of Paul's writings are the very, uh, the last of what was, was uh, considered as being the word of God. Um, Okay, the scripture, uh, also the New Testament uh, scriptures were recognized even in the time of the apostles. Second um, Peter 3, 2 says this, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. And so Peter there puts uh, their writings, the apostles' writings, alongside of the um, writings of the prophets as the word of God. And uh, also, uh, he says this, an account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of those things in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. So there in, already in New Testament times, Peter and uh, Paul also was putting the uh, writings of the apostles alongside of the, the, the Old Testament. And the Old Testament was recognized as, as scripture. And also they were recognizing these New Testament writings the apostles, these letters that they said to circulate among the churches, they were to, uh, they were recognizing them as part of the scripture. <clears throat> I read an interesting uh, account here, and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to read this. Uh, it's from Josephus. Now, Josephus was a, a Jewish historian. Uh, he was, as far as I know, he never uh, became a Christian. I'm not sure about that. But he was a Jewish historian. He was born about the time that Jesus died. It was uh, the time of his birth. And then he was uh, highly educated. And he wrote, if you get a chance to get a book 
It's a pretty thick book. It's uh, History of the Jews, Antiquities of the Jews, I think it's called. And it's a lot of interesting reading. It follows uh, pretty much the Old Testament. And he also talks about some things that happened in New Testament times, like the destruction of Jerusalem and, and all of that. But uh, Josephus considered the Old Testament, and I'm, I'm reading here from uh, Halley's handbook. Josephus considered the Old Testament canon as fixed from the days of Artaxerxes, or the time of Ezra. Here are his words. We have but 22 books containing the history of all time, books that are believed to be divine. Okay, uh, we have how many books in the Old Testament? 39? Is that, is that their number? I think that's the number. Um, he says 22. Uh, this is how they did it. They, were, they, had, they only had one Samuel. They only had one Kings. We have two. They only have one Chronicles. They put um, Jeremiah and Lamentations together. They put, um, uh, I think, Ezra and Nehemiah together. Uh, uh, they, it's exactly the same content as what we have in our Old Testament, except that it's divided a bit differently. Uh, some of the minor prophets are all put into one book. I think 12 of them are all put into one book. And so he says 22 books. And it's interesting to note that the uh, Hebrew alphabet has 22 letters. And so they have 22 books. Um, of these, five belong to Moses, containing his laws and the traditions of the origin of origin of mankind down to the time of his death, from the death of Moses to the reign of Artaxerxes, the prophets who succeeded Moses wrote the history of the events that occurred in their own time in 13 books. The remaining four books comprise hymns to God and precepts for the conduct of human life. From the days of Artaxerxes to our own time, that was, this is Josephus talking now, to our own time, uh, Every event has indeed been recorded, but these recent records have not been deemed worthy of equal credit with those which preceded them on account of the failure of the exact succession of prophets. There is practical proof of the spirits in which we treat our scriptures. For although so great an interval of time has now passed, not a soul has ventured to add or remove or to alter a syllable, and it is the instinct of every Jew from the day of his birth to consider these scriptures as the teaching of God and to abide by them and if need be cheerfully to lay down his life on their behalf. These are the words of Josephus and his high regard for the scriptures. Uh, Halley goes on to explain here uh, in another part of the book. The Hebrew Old Testament contains exactly the same books as our English Old Testament, but in different arrangements. Uh, the Law, five books. Prophets, eight books. Writings, 11 books. And they had what they call rolls, which was uh, the Song of Solomon, Ruth, Lamentations, Ecclesiastes, Esther. Um, by combining the two books, each of Samuel, Kings, and Chronicles, and into one, and Ezra and Nehemiah into one, and the 12 minor prophets into one of these 24 books are, are the same as our 39. 
Josephus further reduced the number to 22 to make it correspond to the Hebrew alphabet by combining Ruth with Judges and Lamentations with Jeremiah. These are all just interesting information that uh, I, I've uh, come across in studying here. <clears throat> all, all scripture, all the books of the Bible that we have are included in the scripture. They are God's word. And in their original uh, writings, they were perfect. They were without, um, as J.B. Smith said, without a mixture of error. And, um, and so we can rely on them as they're, and uh, lower criticism, uh, textual critics have, have uh, spent hundreds and hundreds of hours. Uh, this book that I'm reading is a, just a new book. Um, it's published by uh, uh, Christian Light Publications. It's uh, called uh, The Story Behind the Revisions. And um, I ordered it just before we left, uh, and they actually back-ordered because it wasn't ready yet, but I got it in the mail since I'm home. And I haven't finished reading it, but it's very interesting to see how these... Uh, the uh, work of, of lower criticism in, uh, in seeing that the text that we have in our Bibles are very, very close to the words that were actually written originally. From the oldest manuscripts that they can find, uh, they have arrived at uh, the place and the point that in, a, in versions uh, like King James and... Um, New American Standard Bible, and some of the other uh, earlier revisions, and I'm not talking about paraphrases, I'm talking about the, the versions. These are, uh, the, the lower uh, criticism has arrived at the point where they uh, feel that these, uh, these words that are in our Bible are uh, close enough to the original that it doesn't, uh, it doesn't, um, it doesn't uh, take away from anything that is doctrinally important. And, uh, well, if you read in that book, it's just, it's astounding the uh, hours it must have taken, the hours it must have put in, and they're still doing that. Up, uh, there's some uh, that are still working on, uh, on the Greek uh, part of the Greek language of the Bible, even up into the 2000s, and uh, it's it's um, eye-opening to me uh, to realize that uh, the Bible that we read, the Bible that we hold in our hands, uh, in in a good uh, um, translation, is uh, very close to what God uh, gave us <clears throat> to begin with. Another statement that Jesus made in recognizing the, the entire Old Testament uh, was when he was talking to the Pharisees. In Matthew 23, he says that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth, from the blood of righteous Abel 
unto the blood of Zacharias, the son of Barachias, whom he slew between the temple and the altar. Uh, Zacharias was one, was one who was uh, slain um, in the t one of the last kings of Judah. And, um, and so Jesus recognized all of that time span from Abel to the very end of the Old Testament. He recognized that in this one statement. Okay, the authorship of the scripture. All scripture, and we talked about what's, what scripture is, and now it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. The author of uh, authorship of the scripture is God of the scriptures. God was the author through the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, this is what, uh, this is some of the verses, uh, especially in Acts here. It says, men and brethren, uh, this is Acts 1.16, uh, men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. And so um, uh, Luke was writing there uh, the book of Acts, and he was saying that um, the Holy Ghost uh, spoke by the mouth of David. And David uh, wrote this prophecy of, uh, about Judas. Uh, Acts 4, 24 to 26 says this, And when they heard, heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hast made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine, imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. Quoting uh, the, the scripture to, uh, and we realize that uh, through those verses that uh, the Holy Spirit was speaking through those that wrote in the Old Testament. Uh, Hebrews 9, 7 and 8, But unto the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the heirs of the, of the, prof, of the people. The Holy Ghost thus signifying, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while as the first, while as the first tabernacle was yet standing. Uh, Hebrews ten fifteen to seventeen says, "Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us." But after that, He had said before, "This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts." and in their minds will I write them, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Uh, just uh, verses that tell us that the Holy Spirit is the one that, uh, that said these words, and that had these words written. First uh, Peter 1, 10 and 11 says, Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what? Or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify, when it testified beforehand the suffering of Christ and the glory that should follow. These Old Testament, uh, Old Testament um, prophecies that point forward to Christ were written there and authored there by God through the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> in our verse in... Uh, in Second Timothy, 
It says all, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and then it says it's profitable. It has value. And so the, the scripture has value. What is it profitable for? Well, it says it's profitable for doctrine. Uh, Paul told Timothy, he said, they are to teach, uh, teaching them to observe all things. Uh, uh, Jesus said that to, uh, I think, to the... Um, when he talked about the Holy Spirit coming. And also when he talked about the Great Commission, he said we are to uh, uh, teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Second uh, Timothy 4.2 says, Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. So it's the value of the scripture is for, uh, for doctrine, for teaching, and for... Um, says reproof for correction. Second uh, Timothy two twenty four and twenty six. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. The idea of correction, of uh, correcting those who are wrong. And uh, it's valuable for uh, instructing in righteousness or right living. Uh, Proverbs 6, 20 to 23 says, My son, keep thy father's commandments and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. When thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp and the law is right. And reproofs of instructions are the way of life. The idea of right living. How many, how many remember Paul Shirk's uh, take on this? Uh, now I thought that was good. He said, uh, the Bible tells us what's right. It tells us what's not right. It tells us how to get it right. And it tells us how to keep it right. purpose of the scriptures being taught is in the last part of that or is in verse 17 that the man of God may be perfect thoroughly furnished unto all good works you know we talked in our uh, Sunday school lesson about how can we uh, how can we uh, keep our minds pure how can we prevent these things from coming into the church and uh, Here's one of the main ways, and that is to teach the Word of God, to be faithful to the uh, words of the Scripture. Uh, Thoroughly furnished unto all good works, it says. Ephesians 2, 8 to 10, very familiar verses. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that out of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And James two seventeen and 18, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. 
that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. <clears throat> to be continued.